I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to do our rapid review this morning before we go into Bloke and Abar Studios for the deep review with Kempi and Maddie. Timmy is away this week, so the three of us will be diving into finals week one. And mate, it might have been the greatest week one of finals of all time. Might have been one of the best weekends of footy ever. Some of those games were incredible. We'll get stuck into those in a moment, if you are keen to buy some Rugby League Guru merchandise for 2022, head over to au to buy your gear there. It'll be up for the next week or so, and then we'll probably be moving it on. Won't be reselling it again, so if you would like to grab it, go over to rugbyleagueguru.com.au. Let's get stuck into... Our rapid review in the first game of the week, the Penrith Panthers 27 over the Parramatta Eels 8, a game that I never really felt like Penrith were going to lose. I was pretty confident the entire time. I've never been overly high on Parramatta throughout the entire season, but they have shown that on any given weekend, they can beat absolutely anyone, and then I think they are the only team to beat the Penrith Panthers out there at Penrith as well. Obviously, Nathan Cleary returned for this one, and the rest of the squad returned off a week off, so they were well-rested. I know a lot of people were a little bit nervous about this. I was always pretty confident that this this system, they are just too good. They are just so good that they can just come in and play straight away, and they did that. They were very impressive. Nathan Cleary, he was sensational, not lacking any match fitness whatsoever. He was very, very impressive. Some of the things he came up with and some of the back-to-back plays that he managed to come up with throughout this game, uh, just incredible. His kicking game was great as well. He obviously picked out Wonga Blake pretty early. Wong has always had, he's he's had a bit of a history, obviously, throughout his career, struggling out of the high ball and just coming up with these errors. And when he tends to make two errors, he'll tend to make four or five. Unfortunately, Wong is just one of those footballers, incredibly talented. But when you get him on a bad night, you can really get some points out of him and some mistakes out of him. And it was just one of those nights for Wong, unfortunately. In saying that, I mean, (laughs) if if Nathan Cleary is going to target anyone, they're going to have a very, very tough night. So I'm not sure how many other players would have done all that much better than 
Wonga realistically, but Nathan definitely targeted him and got a heap of errors out of him. There was one knock-on off a bomb that he put up, the James Fisher-Harris. He, I think it was actually Jerome Luai to James Fisher-Harris, little flick ball out to Spencer Lino, I think it was, uh, and he found Brian Toto and he scooted over. A really nice little try there from the Penny Panthers, that flick from JFH. Some we don't see much front rowers to front rowers flick passing in space, sensational stuff. Um, I thought James Fisher-Harris, he was unbelievable in this game. He was just everywhere. He is a leader amongst men, JFH. There might be better front rowers in this competition as far as stats and stuff go, but when it comes to leadership and just being an alpha, it's very hard to beat JFH, and I don't know what the Penrith Panthers would be without him. His career's been very impressive, James Fisher-Harris. I remember when he first came in, he was quickly compared to Mark Geyer just because he was a bit of a loose cannon, and he's just straightened it all up and just been an incredible player for them, and I think he's going to win a premiership with them over the next few weeks. You look at the Panthers now, they've got a prelim final uh, in two weeks' time, which means that they will essentially have played, when that game kicks off in the last month, they would have played one game before that. For me, that doesn't worry me with this Panthers side. I think they'll come into this one ready to go. They understand their structures. They understand their system. Um, They're not experimenting with anyone new. They might be without Taylor May. They will be without Taylor May. Sorry, he'll be suspended for one week, so they'll bring in a Charlie Staines, a Taruva, one of these guys, whoever it is, they'll come in. They'll do a job. That'll be no issue outside of that. This team will be fresh and ready to go. It'll also give Ivan Cleary two weeks to plan what he's going to do, which is very lethal. I believe they will play the winner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Cronulla Sharks. We'll talk about both those teams as we move forward. But obviously, the Sharkies played 93 minutes of footy the other night. The Bunnies played a brutal game against the Sydney Roosters as well. They're going to have to beat and bash each other next week once again. So uh, it's going to be very, very tough to back up and beat Penrith in Sydney. So they'd have to be red-hot favourites to make it into the grand final as it stands right now. Some other talking points out of this one. Obviously, Mitch Moses went down with a HIA. It was a pretty bad one, a pretty bad concussion. So hopefully he's able to play next week. If he's not, I do fear for them taking on the Canberra Raiders. For me, if I was Parramatta, I would have much rather played the Melbourne Storm than Canberra. I've said it all year with Canberra, like... When you compare Canberra and Melbourne, you know, you'd probably say, who's the better side? You'd probably say Melbourne across the park, but Canberra, they're unpredictable. At least with Melbourne, you know what you're going to get. You know what to prepare for. Canberra, they're all over the fucking place. You just, their forward pack is massive. They've got all these talented outside backs. They've got guys like Rappiner. They've got guys like Xavier Savage, Hudson Young, who can just pull something out of their ass out of nowhere. They're very hard to prepare for. And I think Parramatta would have been much more comfortable knowing what they're getting with the Melbourne Storm, knowing where they can target with the Canberra Raiders. It's a lot more difficult than those. Raiders boys. I was talking to one of their players last night. They are very, very confident at the moment. They have got their eyes on grand final week. So keep an eye on them next week. Going to be an interesting one there for the Parramatta Eels. A lot of talk about Mitch Moses. Took a shot at field goal with about three minutes to go in the first half. Missed it, obviously. Seven tackles set. Panthers go up the other end and Nathan Cleary threw it over there with about two minutes before half time. Uh, I don't think Nathan Cleary would have kicked it if Mitch Moses didn't go for it. I think he put the idea in his head. Um, And it's an interesting one people sort of said, what's that about? Why would they do that? I don't mind it, to be honest with you. Uh, The great Jack Gibson used to say, take it when you can get it instead of when you need it. Because when you tend to need a field goal, they are bloody hard to get. Uh, So if they felt comfortable enough that they could get it at that point, it looked like it was going to be pretty close that game, uh, but it did blow out in the end. Obviously, Panthers also had Taylor Mayne, the Simbin, for a period, uh, for a 10-minute period. They actually won that 10-minute period as well. So very, very impressive for the Panthers. The thing that stood out for me, though, 
was the back end of the game. There was one earlier, some cover defense on Sivo, but there was one late where the game was over. It was done. They could have just let him score. Wouldn't have mattered. Bizzer and Dylan Edwards came up with a big, big save there on that play. So really good signs for the Penrith Panthers. Parramatta, disappointing. Doesn't overly shock me, though. Uh, but the next week against the Canberra Raiders, that's going to be a big game, a must-win game for Parramatta, obviously. It's going to really, really test them how they bounce back from this loss to Penrith. We know... After teams play Penrith, they tend to be a little bit tired the week after, and I have no doubt Parramatta will fall into that category, so it's going to be a big, big test for them next week. Let's have a look at the 540 game from Saturday, the Canberra Raiders and the Melbourne Storm. Another really entertaining one. I thought the Storm would get them here, but did say all week that I loved the way the Canberra Raiders were coming into this game. I still didn't think they'd win, though. Don't get me wrong. Uh, for the Melbourne Storm, Xavier Coates, he scored three tries. Uh, not very often you see someone score three tries in a final and lose. So a tough little pill to swallow for Xavier Coates there. Nelson Asafa Solomona scored the other one for the Melbourne Storm in about the 55th minute or around that mark. Uh, for the Canberra Raiders, they scored their first try through Matty Tomoko, obviously an offload from Joey Tapanay to Jack Wyden, eventually found Temoko uh, down the right edge and put on one of the great palms on Cam Munster we have seen. You do not see that happen to money all that often. Very impressive. Uh, you then had all the momentum swing to the Melbourne Storm off that David Nofaluma scoop offload penalty, force dropout, Xavier Coates try, and then an Xavier Coates try on the next set as well. A perfect kick from Jerome Hughes there. So all momentum was with the Melbourne Storm, and I sort of thought, fuck, in Melbourne, bit of momentum. This could blow out here. And then Canberra, I don't know how they did it, but they got themselves back into it, and they dominated from that period on. Jamal Fogarty, he scored... I think it's fair to say probably the softest try in Melbourne Storm history as far as finals goes. Off the scrum, plenty of defenders. There was three guys that had hands on him and just managed to explode through. Obviously, Nick Meaney defending at 5'8", definitely had a target on his back, and they certainly made him pay. Uh, I think they put two tries through him. Jamal Fogarty was the first one. Then Elliot Whitehead ran off a great little line from Joey Tapanay to set up his second try of the game. A great line from Whitehead as well. Had two line breaks in this one. He was in our team of the week, which we dropped a little bit earlier earlier today. Very impressive. And then, of course, Hudson Young. Uh, he scored off a Jack Whiten kick. A beautiful little nudge there. It was sensational. Uh, I think Hudson Young has locked himself in for a Kangaroos jersey at the end of the season. I think he will be there. And then the last try came off uh, the head of Sebastian Chris. Very Raiders. A little bit unorthodox. And uh, Jordan Rapana scores there. A couple of talking points. Nelson Asafa-Solomona. They started him on the right edge. For me, I will never understand understand why they did this. I'm all for playing Nass on an edge, but if you're going to play him somewhere, why on earth would you put him opposite Jack Whiten and Hudson Young? That just makes no sense to me whatsoever. The best defensive back rower in the team and the best defensive 5'8", centre, whatever the hell you want to call Jack. He's a gun defender. On the other side of the park, you had Elliot Whitehead. He missed seven tackles the other night, and you had Jamal Fogarty as well, who is well known for getting caught out in defence. I cannot believe that Craig Bellamy put Nelson in the starting side. If you started with with with, with Bromwich and Kafusi, I could understand that's fine. But to start with him in the back row on an edge and to put him on that edge, I don't know. Jamal Fogarty missed four tackles. Four tackles. Now, to their credit, Jack White missed seven, but they never really took advantage of it. Yeah, if they would have put him on the other side, I think he could have caused some real havoc there. Hudson Young missed three. Elliot Whitehead missed seven. 
So big opportunity that was wasted there, in my opinion. There's also a lot of talk about the penalty on Xavier Savage. There was a kick that went down the right-hand side corner for the Melbourne Storm. Xavier Savage picked it up. He was on the ground. He then got back up to run away, and the Melbourne Storm forced him over the sideline. And just because it looked a little bit different, they got a penalty out of it. It looked different because Xavier Savage got up for whatever fucking reason. I have no idea why he did. And I think that's a moment that Ricky Stewart will sit down with him this week, show it to and go, hey, finals footy, game's on the line. Stay on the fucking ground. Do not get up and start to run. That's when you get yourself in trouble. He should have been pushed out. The Melbourne Storm should have had the ball there. Off the back of that, I believe it was the Canberra Raiders that marched up and they scored their try. Did the better team win? I think they did, though. Yeah, a couple of controversial things. Obviously, that's always going to happen in finals footy in these big games. Players make mistakes. Referees will make mistakes as well. It does happen. But I thought the better team won here. Congratulations to the Canberra Raiders going down there. Pretty wild times to see the Melbourne Storm knocked out in the first week of a final series. We haven't seen that since 2014, so it's been a fucking innings. It's been a long time since that has occurred. But congratulations to the Canberra Raiders. They're fully fit. Well, depending Adam Elliott, he's actually having scans today, so hopefully we get a good result on Adam Elliott because they'll be desperate to get him back into this side. Uh, outside of that, they will be full strength going head-to-head -head with the Parramatta Eels this weekend. Uh, obviously, two of the biggest forward packs and two of the real informed forward packs of this competition as well. So super excited for that one. Uh, unlucky for the Melbourne Storm to finish that way in Melbourne. Obviously, fair, farewelling a fair whack of guys out of their team as well. Bromwiches, Kafusis, uh, Brandon Smith, even like yeah, yeah, Jennings, these sort of guys, a heap of guys leaving. So a bit of a changing of the guard moment for the Melbourne Storm. They've now lost two sudden death games in a row. They haven't won one since Cameron Smith retired. Now they're losing pretty much half their forward pack. And also, you know, Brandon Smith, one of their best forwards by far and away as well, their best momentum guy. So big test for Craig Bellamy in the Melbourne Storm next year. But the Canberra Raiders, they roll on to next week. And we will touch more on them as the week goes on because they obviously have a game next weekend. Sharkies, Cowboys, what a game this was. Good God, I was on the edge of my seat. This is one of the games where I sit there and I honestly think, I don't know how you all go for a team because I was a nervous fucking wreck and it didn't really matter to me who won this game, to be honest with you. I was going for the Sharkies simply because I tipped them and the Panthers to play each other in the grand final a couple of weeks ago and this would have made that a little bit easy. Uh, personally, I think whichever team won this game out of the Sharks and the Cowboys, I'm just about ready to lock them in to a grand Grand final. The Cowboys managed to get it. What a game it was. Tommy Gilbert scored off a kick first. A nice little play there. Then Toby Rudolph, he responded. Now, Rudolph had a couple of drop balls late in the game, which sort of cost him a little bit, but I thought that try was unbelievable. Ran over the top of Jason Taumalolo. You do not see that all that often. And geez, wasn't Rudolph excited? How bloody good. Sivitalakai scored the next one. Some really nice subtle ball playing throughout this game from the halves, Matty Moylan and Nico Hines. It's like they've been playing together for 10 years years, not six months. It's incredible what they've managed to do this season, how quickly they've gelled. Sivitalikai managed to score that one. Tommy Dearden responded a couple of minutes later with one of the great finals tries. Scooter from his own I'm going to say 40, 45 uh, essentially went untouched the rest of the way. So you do not see that all that often, especially from halfbacks just jumping into hooker. 
Very, very impressive from Tommy Dearden. I was blown away. I'm just blown away with how far he has come this year and the player that he is now. It's so impressive. I, yeah, I'm just I'm so impressed with what he's done this year. I'm sort of, I've sort of repeated myself there a little bit. Uh, and, yeah, the game played out. Just went tit for tat the entire way. Nico Hines, he constantly kept, kept his team alive in this game, coming out with tri-assist to Will Kennedy, Cam McInnes. He was fucking everywhere. Nico Hines creating opportunities everywhere. Uh, Peter Hicku, he got a brilliant cutout ball from Jason Taumalolo. It was about a 30-meter cutout ball to him and took on Sivitalico one-on-one, got the better of him, a fantastic try. Shout-out to Peter Hicku, ran for 304 meters, unfucking believable 300-plus meters for Peter Hicku at center. It's not like he ran the length of the field for his try either. He only ran about 40 meters, so an incredible knock there from Peter Hicku. Murray Tolungi scored a great try as well, some fantastic hands from Val Holmes there, and then Jason Taumalolo, last play of the game. Actually, before for that, we should go back. Chad Townsend, he put in a brilliant kick at one point into the in goals. Val Holmes was going to score for all money. Connor Tracy came up with a professional foul, which got him sin-binned. That kick was just so perfect, and it kept the Cowboys in this game with the Sharkies losing Connor Tracy for the last eight minutes, and I think it was the first two minutes of overtime as well. And then Jason Tamalolo, we spoke all week about Jeremiah Nanai targeting Matty Moylan. On this play, he did go at Matt Moylan, but they played it perfectly. They knew that Moylan had been just like flies on shit on Nanai all night going for him, going for him. So they played Taumalolo out the back and he essentially went through untouched. You had you did have Cam McInnes who came late and almost swept his legs just quietly. Got very close Cam McInnes. Momentum probably would have got him there, but a good effort there by Cam McInnes who got through a stack of work in this game as well. We went to extra time and Chatty Townsend kicked to the right wing. Kyle Felt went up. I thought he had it for all money. Knocked it on. Gave the Sharkies a seven tackle set. We sort of went tit for tat during the extra time period. Period. No points were scored. We went to Golden Point and Valentine Holmes. What a narrative this was. Kicking a field goal from about 43 metres out. What a nudge it was in the 92nd minute to beat the Sharkies at Shark Park after he left there a couple of years ago to chase a dream in the NFL. Returns with the Cowboys. Plays out of position, isn't looking too good. The Cowboys are looking bang average. All of a sudden, bang, the Cowboys are right up the very top of the ladder. They're taking on the Sharkies at Shark Park, and he kicks the winning field goal from 45 metres out. Does not get much better than that. I know a lot of Sharkies fans are pretty pissed off at Val for leaving, which I get and understand, uh, but that's the way the footy goes sometimes. So congratulations to Val owning that moment. We mentioned Chad Townsend there briefly. I just thought he was so good throughout this game. He was exactly what they needed. He played the perfect game throughout it. Never overplayed his hand, just kept his team in the contest the entire time, and that's why they signed him. The Cowboys then now get a week off. The Sharkies, they have to fucking spend the next week in ice baths and get themselves together to play the South Sydney Rabbitohs next week. That could just be the team that is less tired and less hurt might win that one. It's going to be very tough, and as we said on Instagram and Twitter earlier today, your prize for somehow getting through that war, well, you get to play the Penrith Panthers, who are going to be fresh as daisy. So it's going to be a pretty grim run there. You definitely want to be on the Cowboys side of the draw, I believe. But even there, you're still going to North Queensland to play a prelim final. It's going to be very tough. It's going to be packed out. It's going to be hot. Miss me with that. But well done to the North Queensland Cowboys. Unlucky to the Sharkies. We'll talk more about the Sharkies this week as they will be taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And we'll get into their game now, 30-14. to 14. I have never seen anything like this game. I could not Believe it. Let's go through the sin bins. Victor Radley in the fourth minute. Little rabbit punch on Tane Milne. 
Thomas Burgess, he went in the 18th minute. I thought Thomas Burgess should have gone the first time he got penalised. They didn't. He then got Simbin a little bit later for something he probably shouldn't have got Simbin for, to be honest with you, but I think it was a build-up off the back of the first one. Uh, Tane Milne then went in the 19th minute, just a minute later. So all of a sudden, the South Sydney Rabbitohs were down to 12 players from the 18th minute to about the 29th minute. Pretty wild. They did manage to score in that period. Latrell Mitchell, the Sydney Roosters, did not, which was crazy. Angus Crichton scored the first try uh, for the Roosters, but before that, AJ had already crossed, and then Daniel Tupu scored in the 12th minute as well. So this game, the scoreboard was ticking over. Players were going over left, right, and center, going off left, right, and center. It was crazy. Then in the second half, we had four sin bins, which was unbelievable. Rhea Hargraves went off in the 50th. 50th minute. Totola and Radley went off in the 60th. And then Tane Milne, just in case he thought he was missing out once again, he went and got himself Simbin in the 65th minute. Like nothing we have ever seen before. I think the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they had two 10-minute periods where they had 11 players on the field. Just fucking crazy they managed to stay in this game. I thought Latrell and Walker, they were sensational. Very, very good. I'd love to get in the, inside the head of Latrell Mitchell and know what on earth he was thinking early in the game when he tried to bring back the old kicking duel. Kicked it on zero tackle. I've, I've actually sent him a message. I'm hoping that I hear back from him uh, before bloke in a bar so we can have some sort of an idea what that was about. I've tried to think of it in many ways, and I'm not quite sure what he was doing, so I'm very keen to hear what he thinks. Alex Johnson, 30 tries in two seasons in a row. What the fuck? How on earth does that happen? Incredible stuff. 60 tries in two seasons in the modern game. That is unbelievable. Just shows how good that left edge is. Speaking of that left edge, they obviously picked out Paul Momorowski in this game. We spoke about it in the preview that we thought he was a guy they could get the better of, and they did on a number of occasions. Directed a lot of their attack there. It is their strong side anyway, and there was a lot of changes to the Sydney Roosters, which does need to be mentioned. Obviously, James Tedesco gone with the HIA. Angus Crichton gone. Daniel Tupu gone. A heap of guys. Radley fucking spent more time in the change rooms than he did out on the park. A heap of guys. A uh, heap of key guys that went down in this game for the Chooks that made life very hard. Takiaho as well. Unfortunate to see him end his NRL career in this fashion. I think he's been such a good player for such a long time. Takiaho, I think even, even South players w- would have respected him as a footballer. Um, shout out to Lachlan Ilias. He got absolutely pizzled last week for his defense. Angus Crichton put a masterclass on him. I should say Luke Keary put a masterclass on him, actually. Just got his big boy and Angus Crichton going at him all day. Mate, I thought Lachlan Ellis in defense today was sensational. He put, he put a shot on Angus Crichton at one point. He dropped the ball and he sprayed him after, and you saw Angus go back at him. Every single person that ran at uh, Ilias all day, they got put on their back. He was so fucking good in defense. I couldn't believe it. That's what I love about this kid. He, he makes mistakes and things go wrong, and he doesn't go into his shell. He deals with it. He goes the hard way around to improve himself, and he comes out He comes out the other side every single time, Ilias. So I've been so impressed with him, obviously, Angus Crichton, he left this game early with a pretty bad HIA there. Uh, but Elias, I was so impressed with him. I've been so impressed with him all season. A couple of the shots he came up with, very, very impressive. So congratulations to him. Cody Walker threw one of my favorite balls of the season to Isaiah Tass. We speak about it quite a bit, and I think we spoke about it on the live reaction that, you know, some guys, some, when you're ball playing, there's a few different ways you can do it. You can play before the line, which is when you're playing really sort of deep before the line, just giving your outside men space. You can play at the line, which is when you play really flat and then you can play through the line, which not many guys can do. It's the hardest way to ball play. It's when you let 
the defense sort of come up and then you play in between them. And Cody Walker's an absolute fucking wizard at this. We've always said this is why he reminds us of Cliffy Lyons because Cliffy, Brett Kenny, these sort of guys, a bit of a lost art playing through the line. Sam Walker does it here and there and he's very good at it. But I think there's no doubt about it. Cody Walker, he is the best in the game at playing through the line. He showed it on that play. If you get an opportunity, go back and watch that pass that he throws to Isaiah Tass. It was fucking incredible. Shout out to Tass as well. Without tooting our own home, we spent all preseason saying pick him at left center. The Rabbitohs went with Jackson Paula at left center. They tried that for a couple of weeks. Didn't work out. They moved Tane Milne there. Didn't work out. Uh, Richie Kenner, I think he got a gig there at one point. They moved Campbell Graham there. Isaiah Tass was always going to be the answer, and it's great to see come finals footy that he is the guy that is playing there. He's been very, very impressive. One more little shout-out to a Bunnings player who I thought was great. I think it was a real coming-of-age moment this, or yesterday afternoon. Harm Sele. Fuck, he was impressive. I think if you go back and watch it again and just keep just watch the amount of work he gets through and the amount of big shots he puts on, and he was everywhere, Harm Sele. I love the aggression that he came into this game with, and I think he's going to be a really good player for the South Sydney Rabbitohs over the next few years. Very, very underrated. Uh, hard to really get a read on the Chooks, obviously. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. With this many injuries, life's going to be very hard. Tupu, um, Teddy gone. I mean, changes your back three. An absolute stack. So Ali ended up at fullback and... I think it was pretty evident just how natural he is in that position, how dangerous he looked just gliding around the park, popping up here and there. But there's no doubt about it that his passing game needs a heap of work if he wants to be a first-grade fullback anytime soon. But good to see him get an opportunity in a big game like that. Uh, obviously returns a couple of kickoffs there, or a couple of kicks. One in particular really lifted his knee, something that he's going to have to be careful of. And I think something that the NRL should sort out pretty quickly because you don't want that sneaking into his game now next year. Need to probably get that sorted and eradicate that from his fantastic game. I thought Latrell Mitchell after it, the South Sydney fans all getting around this guy. I thought it was so fucking good to see. I know a lot of people messing me. Oh, he's a dickhead when he kicks the ball. He fucking cheers. He does this. He's entertaining. Fuck, he's entertaining. There is no doubt about it. And I'll be honest with you, I'm excited about South Sydney because I love watching what he's doing. I love that he's doing things a little bit differently to other people. I love that it's a bit more entertaining. It's what we want. I just, yeah. And, and even if you find it entertaining in the fact that you hate the way that he does it, I mean, fuck, I enjoy it. I really do. And I like the way that Latrell carries himself. Is If Latrell was a guy that did all this stuff and never backed it up with any good performances, I think he was a fucking flog. But he doesn't. He backs it up. And, you know, he had 40,000 people as a 25-year-old booing him last week. Could have quite easily gone into his shell. It obviously rattled him a little bit last week. I think that's fair to say. Came out this week and had a really good game and kicked five from five, I think it was, with the stadium going at him. So... Great to see. Told them all to fuck off. 
I think it's unreal. I think it's great. Makes It just makes this rivalry even better. He obviously started at the Roosters. He went to the Rabbitohs. He's now telling the play, the, all the fans to hush-hush and see you later. The week before, they were booing the living shit out of him. It's unreal. Uh, the Roosters fans, they gave it. Latrell had to take it. Then Latrell got to give it, and they had to take it as well. So it just sets up a bigger rivalry in the future. And I hope that Latrell, he's the poster boy for this rivalry for the foreseeable future because I absolutely love it, and I'll tell you who else loves it. Latrell Mitchell. It's unreal. Roosters fans, they absolutely love to give it to him. Latrell Mitchell, he absolutely loves to give it back to them. I think it's great. Get around little things like this because when you don't have them, fuck, the game can be boring. Just makes it even more entertaining. And if Latrell's willing to be that guy, willing to take the hits to be that guy, I'm all for it. I'm going to back him in 100%. So the Roosters, their season comes to a fold. It was never really became the season that they hoped it would. It was always a little bit disappointing from start to finish by Roosters standards anyway. Um, So yeah, disappointing finish for the Chooks. A couple of injuries and whatnot that didn't help. But the Bunnies, they keep going. They take on the Sharkies next week who are going to be exhausted from their huge game. The Bunnies are going to be gassed from this one. It's going to be a huge test. And if the Bunnies manage to beat the Sharkies next week, Presumably at the SFS, I think it'll be Saturday afternoon, they will then take on the Penrith Panthers grand final replay in the prelim final, similar to what it was last year when the Penrith Panthers beat the Melbourne Storm. They obviously played in the 2020 grand final, so that would be unreal. We've got two cracking games coming your way this weekend. Before that, though, we are going to review all of the games from this weekend in a deep fashion on Bloke and a Bar a little bit later today, so stay tuned for all that content coming your way. Have a beers and break-evens episode coming tomorrow as well, 3pm, so stay tuned for that. That's going to be an absolute cracker. And once again, guys, if you want to grab your Guru merchandise, go to rugbyleagueguru.com.au. All of it's available there for you to grab before it all sells out. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 